0: Uh, Mary and I first got saved we used to do a little thing that you know was childish but we did it anyway is uh, we would get our Bible and we would just randomly open it and you know, you're laughing because you remember huh baby we would open it somewhere and then we would put our finger on the scripture and we look down and go wow that is ex- that's exactly for me he couldn't do it twice. He could only do it one time. You know what I'm saying? But, you know, he's, he goes out of his way to express how much he loves us. And it's, it, for a while, I, I used to fight it because there was just so much about my life that was unlovable. And there's still a lot going on in my life that's not lovable. You know? because we're imperfect beings, right? The outside of us is just not with it yet because we've been born again on the inside, not on the outside. But you just have to choose to believe something that seems impossible. And sometimes his love for us seems impossible. But you know, it's up to us to embrace it, to believe it, To see ourselves loved of God. And uh, it's pretty awesome. So we're going to do that, that we just did with the Bible. We're going to just, this is Bible prayer study course. Let's just just believe that he's going to tell us something right now. It's going to be awesome. You ready? Awesome. Oh. So praying with groanings too deep for articulate speech could also include praying in tongues because speaking in tongues is. Print's really small in this Bible. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> it's in, in articulate speech. You see, there's stuff in this book that you and I either don't know or we've put down and stopped using it. Yes. Amen. And so I'm encouraging you every other week, go to Sharon's and get into this book. It's going to change your life. Amen. I'm actually considering coming because I need it. Yeah. Well, I thought you're the pastor. That's just a title. Every day I eat physical food to stay alive. Every day I need to eat spiritual food to stay alive. This book will change our lives because it's pointing to his book, the Bible. And right now we have some loved ones that need us and they won't listen to us, but we can pray for them and let God deal with them because he can do a better job with them than what we can. Amen? So that was the last advertisement you're going to get for this Bible study. You guys ready? I got one person over here ready. Let's see if I can get the whole room ready. How about, how about over, over here in the south end of the sanctuary? You, you guys ready? And by the way, how you doing? We didn't get to say hello to you this morning. Hallelujah. And you guys make a great couple. I, I can't believe that you could... Look at the smile on their faces. Don't they look good? Don't they look like they should be together? Amen. Amen. That's awesome. Uh, how about in the middle part here? You guys ready? What about you, Peter? You're yeah. always a tough crowd. Are you, got, are you ready this morning? Yes. Huh? What about back there? Yeah. Yes! Hallelujah! How about all y'all out there in Streamland? You ready? Well, you can check for yourself if you're ready or not, because if your Bible's not open, you're not ready. If, you're, if your notepad's not out with a pen in hand, you ain't ready. Amen? Because if you really believe God's going to say something special to you, you're going to document it. Oh, no, I got a good memory. Liar. <laughs> no, you don't. Because when you get it from him, it's spiritual. And you're in the spirit when you hear it. But when you leave here, you're going to be in the flesh soon enough. And you're going to go... I don't remember. Let's open our Bibles to 1 Corinthians chapter 11. Thank you for joining us on the live stream. We we do esteem you as part of this congregation. I know that you're adding to your knowledge of the word of God through birth and family church, and we appreciate that. Uh, The Lord is good, isn't he? Amen. So you're going to get something. It's going to be wonderful. And if you and I'll get what he gives us and begin implementing it, that's when the change happens. Amen. So we're going over here to 1 Corinthians chapter 11 and verse 23. We're having communion this morning. So we will talk about that subject matter before we partake so that we have faith to partake. 1 Corinthians eleven 23. I'm reading from the Christian Standard Bible. So it's going to be a little bit different from the whatever that comes up on projection uh, this morning. Looks like he's still working on it. You got one over here that you can look at anyway. And this is the Apostle Paul. He says, I received from the Lord. Now, it's interesting if you follow the ministry of Paul, when he was saved on that road to Damascus, he separated himself from the church and went off, I think, to Egypt and hung out for we don't know how many years. And the Lord was the one who taught him. He had many visions and revelations of the Lord, and he got one of the Lord's subject. He didn't go to Jerusalem to, to find out what they believed concerning Scripture. He got it all from the Lord. And so it's a very pure... His books are so pure because everything he wrote down was a direct revelation he received from Jesus himself. So he says, I receive from the Lord... What I also pass on to you that on the night he was betrayed. So this is the eve of his passion. This is the eve of his crucifixion. And here he is with his twelve and it says that he took bread. Everybody say bread. bread. He gave thanks. He broke it and said this bread represents my body. It isn't his body. It represents his body. There there are some churches that say that during the communion process that it turns into the Lord's body and the cup turns into his blood. Uh, We don't need that to happen because he already gave us his body. He's already given us his blood. It's already done. So that kind of stuff doesn't have to happen anymore. It's a done deal. Amen? So this is my body. He says, do it in remembrance of me. Now, when you hear that phrase, do it in the remembrance of him, it's not just we're picturing he did this a long time ago. Although that is part of it. The remembrance of him is what the bread and the cup has provided for you and I. And so we're doing it in remembrance of what we now have because of the bread and because of the cup. Anybody with me? You're listening, right? So... In the same way, verse 25, he took the cup, and I remind me to do a study on the cup. Do you notice it doesn't say the wine or the juice? It says the cup. That's very significant. We don't have time to talk about it, though. <laughs> he took the cup, and he says this cup. So it's the cup that he's holding in that moment. At the table. And you and I get to pick up that same cup every time we have communion. Yes. This cup, what is this cup? It's the new covenant, new testament, new relationship with God. The old relationship was harsh, it was based on works and performance. The new covenant that you and I are now in is. The covenant of grace, where he's extending his goodness to us because Jesus has provided a way for us to receive it. He says, this is my, the new relationship. It's established with my blood. Do this as often as you drink it. That means you guys can have communion at home. You don't need someone with a fancy hat to serve you communion. Right? Because Jesus is our high priest now. And we can have communion at home. It says, do it as often as you drink it, in remembrance of what I've provided for you. It says, verse 26, for as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim and declare the Lord's death until he comes. Now this is what I want us to get into this morning. Therefore, whosoever eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in a unworthy way. Notice it doesn't say if you take it if you're unworthy. It's impossible for you to be unworthy when you're in Christ because you've been washed with his blood and you're a new creature in Christ and you are the righteousness of God and you are pure and you are holy for you're a child of God. So he's not saying that if you take it being unworthy, it's saying the way you take it. And what was happening in the church at Corinth is that they would have kind of like a a big meal and a lot of people would get inebriated and it was like a big party and then they would take communion. Well, that's an unworthy to take it when your mind is in that condition. Right? And so that is what he's talking about. If you do it in an unworthy way, then you become guilty of sin against the body and the blood of the Lord. So, how do I avoid taking it in an unworthy way? He tells us in verse 28. You guys still with me? You're still listening? You're still excited? so a man should do what? Examine himself. And you understand, when you see man in the Bible, it's not talking about a sex. It's talking about a people. It's talking of humanity. Of which we are male and female. Amen? We had a, we had a sister sandpaper in our church years ago and, because uh, she rubbed everybody the wrong way. But anyway, um, sister, she, she wouldn't Read any of Paul's epistles. I go, why? Why why don't you read it? Well he, he he's a he's one of them chauvinist people. He's, he's he's a man trying to, you know, tell women what to do. So I knew that she was from the seventies. Maybe even from a county we know to the south. And she didn't realize That really, his epistles was Jesus' revelation. So she wasn't mad at Paul. In essence, she was mad at Jesus. (laughs) Ouch. I don't know why I threw that in. So if I examine myself, in this way, I can be qualified to take the bread and drink the cup in a worthy manner. Now, verse 29, For whoever eats and drinks without recognizing the body. It says in the King James that he doesn't discern. He doesn't discern the Lord's body. Now, this this is a huge aspect of being able to receive from communion what Jesus has provided for all Christendom. Actually, it's for all humanity. But Christians are the only ones that are partaking of it. He says that we need to discern or to recognize the Lord's body or what his body has provided for us. How else can you receive something from the Lord if you don't recognize what he has provided for you? So at the communion table, we're to recognize, we're to discern what his body has provided for you and me. And then at the communion table, we can receive it from him. Amen. You see, communion is a, an exchange. Yes. Yes. Many people look at it as a ritual. We're just doing a religious rite. We're doing a religious activity. And in that way, we're honoring him. Well, to a certain degree, you you are. But it's more than that. It's a position that you have before him to receive what he has already purchased for you and I. So we have to understand what his body has provided for us. And that's why we're taking communion. Still with me? He says, if I don't recognize what the body provides for me, then judgment passes on to me, or my condition remains the same. And this is why many are sick and ill among you, and many have fallen asleep, many have died. Verse 31 says that if we'll properly evaluate ourselves at the communion table, then we won't be judged and we'll have what Jesus provided for us, and that's what's going to give us long life. Amen? Amen. I don't hear the excitement anymore in your tone. (laughs) (laughs) Bring it, brother. Now, here we go. In verse 28, which we just read, it says, So let a man, a human being, before God, examine himself. Do you know that the examination of ourself is the only person we can judge? There's no other person on this ball of dirt that you and I can judge. The only person I can judge is myself. We, we, we let that judgment thing pass to God. Right? We, we let him because he's a, he's a faithful and righteous judge. You and I, not so much. Because we can only judge in what we know. And how many you know there's so much we don't know about another person? When we start talking about somebody, we start judging somebody, all we can talk about is what we think we know. And guess what? We don't know as much as we think we know. Right? Right? Thank you in the back. Now, let's get to discerning the Lord's body. If you and I recognize and discern his body, then we can receive... What the Lord has for us now first and foremost we're to recognize the importance and the purpose of the body of Christ of which we are partaking of at the Lord's Supper we're partaking of what he did in his body and we're partaking in what he did that flowed from his body his blood all right So look here. when we come before him at communion, the first thing that we're dis- discern is that with his body he's brought healing to our body. Going over, put up First Peter 2:24, please. What did Jesus say about the bread? This is my body. Take it in remembrance of what my body purchased for you. Notice here, it says, Who his own self bear our sins, where? 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 In his body. So if I discern his body at the communion table, I can see that he took away my sins. How did he do that? God put our sins on him on the cross. And he took it away. Therefore, even though you and I are dead, held captive to our sins, because of him bearing our sins in his own body, we can now live unto right standing with him. Not based on what we've done, but based on what Jesus did through the giving of his body. Did you get that? Then it goes on and says something else that was purchased through his body. By whose stripes, that's the, the whipping that Jesus received, the 39 stripes on his back, on his body, and on those 39 stripes it says, you were healed. Yes. Did you notice that uh, Peter, by the Holy Ghost, didn't say, you're going to be You see, we all believe that Jesus has bared away our sins, because we've heard that since we were nine to a grasshopper. Yeah, I've been hearing that all my life. Jesus took our sins. He hung on the cross. Right? So we believe that. But how many times did you you hear in church that says at the same time he took your sins, he also took your sicknesses? And that's why nobody believes it. Because faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. You don't hear it preached from the pulpits. But you see, at the communion table, we can not only receive forgiveness of sins, but we can also receive healing for our body. Amen. Because because of his body and his stripes, you and I were healed. Amen. Yeah, amen. Yeah. <coughs> amen. Now I said earlier that communion is an, ex- an exchange. And if we don't give the Lord something, there's nothing he can give us back. So at the communion table, I examine myself and I go, all right, what have you done wrong this week? You know, what, 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 what do you need to tell the Lord that you did wrong? And so I give him what I've done wrong. Here's where I blew it, Lord. And then what does he do? He takes it, removes it, forgives you, and then washes you and cleanses you. And now it's like you've never ever done anything wrong. You're you're completely washed and clean before him. And don't buy into those stupid religious people. Did I say that out (laughs) loud? Untaught religious people. They say, well, now you can only confess one sin so many times and then he'll stop forgiving. There's nowhere in the Bible that says that. You can't break God's forgiver. You can't break it. You can't overuse it. Well, does that mean you're giving people a license to sin? No, we don't need a license. We do it all the time. We don't need any documentation. But he knows us. He knows us. that that. that that we're not fully mature and we still make mistakes. Right, right. Amen. And plus, you, you don't get away from doing something wrong just by getting forgiven. You've got to grow out of that sin. You grow out of it. You grow out of it by growing in the things of God, by growing in your heart, being transformed by the renewing of your mind. Amen? Amen. So, the first thing that you and I need to discern at the communion table, that through his body, he bared our sins and he bared away our sicknesses. Now, I haven't said this before. A lot of things I keep to myself because it's, it's really, you know, things I have to deal with. It's not necessarily what other people have to process. But for probably two years now, when I've played the guitar, my my arm goes numb and my hands go numb. And at the end of the set, I can barely feel the frets. and sometimes can't feel them. But this morning I got up here. No, I was in the prayer room. I started talking to the Lord. I said, Lord, you bared that away. Because I never really took a stand against it. You know what I'm saying? Some, you, know, don't, you know, sometimes we tolerate some physical c- conditions in our body because we don't think it's, that's really that important. So back in the prayer room, I said, you know, Lord, I'm really tired of that. And so I, I just claimed that, that, that my back and the alignment of my back was perfectly aligned and there was a free flow of the blood and the nerves that go into the other parts of my body, and I just claim that I'm free from the numbing and the falling asleep of my fingers when I play the guitar. Well, the Lord couldn't do anything about that until I gave it to him. You know you can't get saved and on your way to heaven until you give him your old life. right? He's waiting. The Lord waited 24 years on me. When's Bruce going to wake up and receive that free gift of salvation, right? He couldn't do anything until I gave him my heart, my life. And then he gave me salvation. It's always an exchange. It begins with us. So when I did that this morning, I finally gave him the opportunity to bring healing in my body. So this morning is the first morning in several years that I didn't have a numbing at the end of the set. Now, healing doesn't always happen that fast. And you know I'm going to have to maintain this, right? The devil's going to come back and say, well, okay, he got away with one. I'm going to keep coming at him. And he'll, you know, probably next Sunday, I'll start having some symptoms. And I'm going to have to say, uh-uh, honey, back off of me. Now, in Jesus' name. By his stripes, I was healed. Amen? Amen. And so we just got to practice those things. That's right. okay. There's no scripture that says that in, in this life, on this side of heaven, that we're not going to have challenges. That's right. The opposite is true. Yes. Amen. And, and many times, or, or, or all the time, when we start taking steps towards God, there's going to be a resistance that's going to come. Amen. And try and shoo you away. Yes. Amen. Amen. You just have to be smart enough to know what's going on. All right. Number two. What else is this bread? What else does this bread represent? That his body made us one spiritual body. Number one, his body forgave and healed Our physical body, but also his body made you and I one with one another as part of his spiritual body. Now, this may be a new thought to you, a new concept to you, but look in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 12. For as the body, this is talking about your physical body, as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of that one body, you see it's emphasizing one, your physical body has very many different parts to it. Did you notice they're connected? yet it's one. We're individual parts, but we're one. So he's using a natural example to explain a spiritual principle. He goes on to say, Being many are one body, so also is Christ, or also is the Lord's spiritual body. For by one Spirit, that's the Holy Spirit, we were all baptized into one body. Amen. Now, this word baptized isn't talking about water baptism. This is a spiritual baptism that when you received Christ, you were then made part of his spiritual body. You were baptized into his body. Amen. Amen. And it didn't matter if you were a Jew. Or a Gentile or whatever nationality or belief you were or whether you were bond or free you have all been made to drink or to become a part of one spirit now how many of you would say that if you would look at your finger that even though it's a finger and it does its own function, you would never consider it not being part of your body. Right. And if I would hit this finger with a ball-peen hammer, how many of you know that the whole body's going to suffer? Yeah. Right? Yeah. Good, we're all connected. Right. We're all one. Yeah. Yeah. So, The Lord is telling us that we're now different members of Jesus' spiritual body. He's the head, we're the body. But we're all connected. Well, at communion, we're to discern that. And more importantly, we're going to have to discern our relationship with the Lord's body. Now, let me get it down to the nitty-gritty. Let's say Peter does something that, in my judgment, that's wrong. I know this is a stretch, but (laughs) just for sake of example. And I, I, you know, I'm really kind of, you know, kind of, you know, I could use a lot of vernaculars right here, but I'm, I'm upset at him so I start to judge his actions. And I need an agreement, so I'm going to go tell Sharon about it. <laughs> and I'm going to say, Sharon, you're not going to believe what Peter did. So who am I talking about? Peter would say, well, you're just talking about a person. But that's not what God sees. God sees that I'm talking about a part of his body. In essence, I'm talking against Christ. Mm, yeah. See, when people talk about you, and they, you know they talk about you, right? <laughs> yeah. Hello, yes. that's, that's humanity. Yes. They talk. Yeah. It empowers them, they think. Well, yeah, they're, they're talking about you. But when God looks at it, he sees them talking to him. whether you got the memo or not, he doesn't take kindly to that. Because now they're pushing away the Lord. And that hinders him helping them. Right? Amen. So when I come to the communion table, one of the places I need to discern is how's my relationship with the body of Christ? Have I been talking about somebody? And I know we justify talking about people you know, we're, we're, we're just fellowshipping. We we're just, we're just talk. It's just talk. No, it's not. It's judgment. Well, what I'm saying is true. Says who? Are you God? Do you know everything? I guess I don't, do I? So there's got to be something I'm missing. Right? So I remember I was just hanging with Sharon, just fellowshipping with her, talking about Peter. <laughs> At the community table, I need to discern the Lord's body Amen. and my relationship with his body. Amen. Because you know what judgment does in the body? It begins to divide it, separate it, splinter it, neutralize it, water it down. And the Lord don't want that. He needs to work through us as one. If you do a study, or or just the next time you're in the Word of God, you'll see that all the way through all 66 books of the Bible talks about unity, singleness of purpose, being in agreement, being as one. And that's when you see the greatest display of God's power on the earth. And so the Lord says that when we come to His table, let's recognize that through His body, He's bared away our sins. He's, he's taken our sickness and our disease. But then also, we're to dis- discern our relationship with one another. Have I been talking about people? Have I? Lord, have I? Have I been judging you since the last time we talked? Because he says, if you'll not discern the Lord's body, he says, that's the reason why many get sick. Uh-oh. You saw that, right? And some have left the earth prematurely through death. Right. Yeah. Now, I know that's I'm getting a little bit, how do they say it, <laughs> heavy right there. But but don't you think we should talk about these things so we can get out of being trapped into that? You know, and just, just, just love everybody. Now, you don't have to hang out with everybody. There are some people we just don't get along with for whatever reason. Right? So you just love them from afar. And you make sure you don't talk about them. And if you do think about them, you pray for them. That creates unity. I could give you a long list of people in 40 years of ministry where they had done Mary and I wrong. And we could still be hanging on to those things. Yeah. But you know, since I've been forgiven for all my mistakes, I now am responsible to forgive everybody and their mistakes towards me. Amen, Amen. Yes. Right? Amen. Freely have I received, freely give. Yes. Hallelujah. And I know we're making some progress here this morning because it's getting really quiet.) <laughs> ah! Were they listening to me while we drove here to the church? Does he have a mic, a mic in my car? We were talking about some of these things on the way here. How would he know that? Well, I didn't know that. I didn't know that. But how many you know he knows that? Amen. All right. So we've got to, we've got to keep the body together. It says in Ephesians 4.2, It says, with all humility, everybody say humility, and gentleness, say gentleness, and with patience, look what it says to do with those three fruits of the Spirit, it says accept one another in what? In love. I think it was your brother said this, David. He says that uh, when we get to heaven, that the Lord's gonna put the person that I had the most struggles with on the earth as my next door neighbor. Because <laughs> that's just how God rolls, right? <laughs> if you couldn't get along with him down there, up here you're gonna have to figure it out. <laughs> So how about, we get, how about we get it right down here so we can get a good neighbor, huh? <laughs> Hallelujah. See, my wife's going to have a much better neighbor than having me to live next to her. She'll, she'll get someone better. It says that we're to ex- accept one another in love. Now, why am I going to do that? Verse 3. Diligently. Ephesians 4, 3. It says... Diligently keeping the unity of the Spirit. Diligently. That means it's going to take some effort. Keeping the unity of the Spirit. That's the unity of the spiritual body of Christ. and maintain it with the peace that binds us. Amen? So, do you need more information on that? You're afraid to say yes? You're afraid to say no? (laughs) Oh, I'm so glad I came to church. What what was your response? You've had enough? That tells me you need more then. All right, so Matthew chapter 7. This is going to be the last one. This will help Sisters' fan paper. Matthew chapter 7, verse 1. Now, bear in mind, this is Jesus speaking directly. All right? He says, Do not judge. Now, remember, anytime you're talking about somebody, any insinuations you make about somebody, you can candy coat it all you want, but guess what it is? Judgment. Right, Judgment. And Jesus says that if you'll do that, if you'll judge, then you too will be judged. You ever walk, walk in life and something happens that you don't like and you're going, I wonder where that came from. It's, there's probably a good, it's probably because you did something and now you're just reaping the, 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 the that seed's just coming back. You know, the Bible talks about karma. No such thing about karma. But there is the law of seed time and harvest. If I judge you on planting seeds of judgment, guess what I'm going to get back? Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. See, those spiritual laws in the Bible work for the good or for against us. Boy, this is helping me. I don't know about all y'all. but Verse 2, for the same way that you judge others, you will be judged. And with the same measure you use. I mean, if you really dump on somebody, you give them a really good measure of judgment, then that same measure is going to be measured back to you. And then it goes on to talk about, you know, why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye, but you don't pay attention to the two by four in your own? That's probably enough said, right? (laughs) So it's time now to make an exchange. Right? That's why we came here. To give him all that's negative and hindering us and get back what he has for us, which is good. And so the first thing that we need to discern is do I have some kind of behavior that I know is wrong? Yeah. Am I overindulging in a particular area? You know, it's not necessarily maybe what you're doing can be wrong, but how often you do it, and it's taken away from things that are good. If I spend all my time in front of the TV set, there's really nothing wrong with watching television as long as is that what you're watching uh, is wholesome, right? But if that's all I do, that's, see, now I'm in excess, right? Yeah. right? Amen. So we, we have to look at all those kinds of areas. If you've done something wrong uh, before the Lord, you don't have to really look very hard. It'll come right up. If you've got to keep looking and keep looking, then there's probably nothing there don't don't beat yourself up now yeah you, you, you and I know if we got something out of sorts right number two uh, do you need healing this morning is there a pain in your body is there something the doctors have diagnosed is there something going on and don't fall prey to all this stupid stuff like well that's just my DNA well yeah you got DNA and blah 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 but it doesn't mean you have to keep allowing that DNA control your life Use the laws of the spirit to, to defeat the laws of the physical. Amen. Amen. And, and, and stop using your age as an excuse to, to be sick. Yeah. Moses lived to be 120 years old, and he didn't even need glasses. The Bible says his eyes didn't dim. Yeah. Yeah. Well, who do you think that? You think that was because of his good DNA? No, it was because of the Lord, Right? And so, don't let your age be this excuse why you got to have this or have that. Okay. Don't get in that realm of reasoning because that neutralizes our faith. Yes. Yes. Just believe what the word says it says, that by his stripes you were heal, healed, period. Amen. Amen. Don't add to it. If, duh, 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 duh. right? Uh-huh. <gasps> now, here's what we've been focusing on this morning. How you doing with the body how you doing with your brothers and sisters how you doing with your church how you doing with your pastor how you doing about you know this guy and that guy and it could be a fellow Christian or it could be the worst sinner in the world how you doing with them you're talking about them you hear the, the, the their, their name and you start getting a pit in your belly and you get all stirred up and upset and that could include politicians I shouldn't let a politician get me all sideways and angry. I don't even know the guy or, you know? Why should I let somebody I don't even know or have a relationship with get me all stirred up? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Gee, maybe I should be praying for him, right? Yeah. And so when we give him all this junk, then what he's going to do is give you all this good. He's going to wash your heart clean from all sin and unrighteousness. He's going to quicken and make alive your physical body and drive out pain, drive out sickness. And then he's going to make his body closer, more unity, singleness of purpose, a oneness that he can work more powerfully through. Because we're one. Amen? So uh, do we have someone serving uh, the bread this morning? Did Did you get somebody lined up, honey? Why don't you come help us then? Would that be okay? Come on. Peter's going to help. Well, we've got both the cup and the and the bread. So here's the story on communion is open to every individual. Because God has given it to us, not a religion, not a denomination. God gave us communion through his son, Jesus Christ. So it's open to all who want to partake. Take the cracker, which represents his body. Just take one of them. Go ahead and start serving, please. And uh, take one cup yeah we have fancy cups today so don't steal them um, and just hold on to them because we're going to do this together okay so let's just get them passed out oh look at those Dixie Cups talking about a class operation here at BFC so wheat Is Cheryl, are you still here, Cheryl? Yeah, make sure you get that. Vince, do you need you need the cup and, and the bread? Just come on down. Are you the only one up there? Okay, just come on down and we'll serve you. Yeah, go ahead and give me one, please. Yeah, I need more of you, brother. Okay, here we go. <laughs> Start, start working with your heart. Start examining yourself. He says, if we'll examine ourselves, then we can give Him that which is negative, so judgment will be pushed off of us and we can receive His goodness. Amen. Now, for those that are either watching live on the stream or Maybe you're watching this as a recording. There's no reason why you can't have communion yourself. You don't have to be here in person to do that. I remember one time that uh, the Lord spoke to my heart. I was at, at church, and he spoke to my heart to have communion. And all I had was a cup of water, and I didn't have any bread. And so I took a piece of paper and ripped off the corner of the paper, and I used that as a point of contact to be the bread. And so... These things aren't perfect. They're just a a point of contact to release our faith. And so you can have, uh, you know, whatever liquid you want and uh, use whatever you can for the bread and uh, just release your faith in the Lord's body, not release your faith in the cracker. That make sense? Hallelujah. So as we read earlier, it's so awesome that Peter actually was there at the Lord's Supper by this vision he had with Jesus. And it says that Jesus took bread and he gave thanks for it. He broke it and said, this, this cracker, now represents the Lord's body. Go ahead and take it in remembrance of what it provides for you. So right now, do you need healing in your body? Do you have odds against somebody? Just bow your head. Father, right now, we, we just look at our heart I ask, Lord, do you reveal anything that's amiss in our life? Anything that's keeping me from having the fullness of what you have for me? And, Father, reveal to me if I'm upset or mad or disappointed or in judgment of a fellow believer. Show that to me, and I thank you for it right now. Father, we thank you for your body that you gave us through your Son. We now give you our sickness. We now give you our shortcomings. And we believe as we partake of this bread, by faith, your healing power will come into our body, from our spirit, and will drive out any pain, any sickness. And we thank you for freeing us from that burden of sin. In Jesus' name, let's partake together. Partake of his body. Thank him for it. Thank you, Lord. By his stripes, I was healed. In the same way, also, he took the cup. My translation says the Dixie cup. And he he describes this cup. He says, this cup is the new covenant, the new relationship that's being established by my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. And so we've judged sin in the body. Let's judge sin in our own personal life. Is there something you're doing you know you shouldn't be? Now's the time to give it to them. i am just tell them you're Sorry. Just call it out. Call it what it is. Lord, that, that's wrong. That's a transgression. That's sin. I give it to you right now. I ask you to forgive me. Go ahead and do that. Remember, communion is between you and him. It doesn't go through any human being. So, Father, we thank you for the blood of Jesus Christ. It doesn't cover sin. It removes it. It takes, us, it takes that sin as far as the east is from the west. And so we confess our shortcomings. We, we confess those things that we've done wrong, and we simply ask, forgive us. And as we partake of this cup, we believe your power is freeing us from all guilt and shame. And we receive Righteousness. In Jesus' name. Let's partake together. Oh, hallelujah. I'm clean. I'm forgiven. I'm right with God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So right now, at this point in time, you can't be any closer to the Lord. Because you did what he told you to do in terms of getting in right with him. Amen. So just enforce what you have as you move forward. We want everyone to stay with us for our potluck, so let's pray over that. Father, thank you for giving this opportunity.